Good morning. Good morning. Isn't it nice to hear scripture read in different languages? Amen. Yeah, I enjoy when it's in Anuak. You know, I, I do understand the Spanish one, and but when it's in Anuak, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is it's just it's amazing. It's just great. So nice. So um, my name's Jose. I'm uh, so thankful and blessed to be one of the pastors here at Grace. And um, as many of you know. Um, Christy and I were living overseas for a few years. So, you know, as being new to the country, many things to, you know, get used to and many things to do. One of those things I had to do was to get a driver's license. I've, I've driven before, you know, in Honduras. And people say, if you know how to drive in Honduras, you can drive everywhere. Because it's a little free for all over there. So... But, you know, so I had to do this, you know, and, and but it brought memories when I, um, when I, when I first learned to, learned to drive. And the, the one who taught me was, I think, my dad once, but then mainly my mom. And, you know, and, and then we, it's, it's, I learned, a, it was a manual stick shift. So I, I, I was nervous and I just didn't know what, what to do and the, 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 the clutch and the gas and the shifting. But you know, my dad was there. My dad was there. My mom, well, my mom mainly, but, and, and she would tell me, you know, like, this is what you have to do. And if you are still concerned about it or you don't want to do it, we can stop and I can take over and I, and I can do it. And I'm like, okay. So she guided me. She supported me. She told me all the inner workings and everything that had to be done. So it was great. And it was always very comforting, you know, knowing that she could take over, that she could do it whenever I couldn't. And I felt comfortable doing it with her. Oh, yeah, there's the picture. You know, that's kind of how we feel. Well, some parents may be not that calm. I, 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 don't, I don't know. My experience was a little bit of both. But there's always that reassurance that, you know, they're there. They're watching over us. So... What happens then when she is no longer there, when our parents is no longer there, when you go and take the driver's license test, how do we feel like? And we, I, I felt like that. You know, it's like, I, I don't even reach the pedals. I, I could, but you know, and there she can adjust your seat and all these things. But I, what do I do? Like, I forgot everything. How, how does this happen? You know, and where's my mom? Where's my dad for me to help me to go through this? How do I do this? And I tell you this because where we are right now at the Gospel of John, the disciples are a little bit of in this uh, situation in which, you know, they've been with Jesus. He's been doing like the most difficult thing so far. And they have... In, he has already given them some responsibilities and 70 here and doing certain things. But there's always Jesus there to take over. He can always take over. And, but we're getting to this, this point in, in, in John, John 14, in which um, and he, Jesus has already told his disciples, you know, I will I'll be crucified, I'll die. I'll be leaving, I'll be going to the Father, so, and you guys are just going to stay here. And he's like, what you know how how do i do this how do we do this um he's leaving we 
we've seen you, but you, but you are the one who gets, gets, gets everything under control. We have no idea how we're going to do this. So that feeling that we had when we first started driving just ourselves, just multiply that. I don't know how many times. And then you're the ones responsible for carrying out this new kingdom that it's been inaugurated. It's no easy task. It's scary. It's how do we do this? And, and then Jesus brings, let's kind of tell them and, and, and give them comfort. You know, I know you want to see the Father, Philip, and you've been asking that. And, and how, do I, how do you do that? And you've seen me, but okay, if that's not enough, look at the works. The, the works are the ones who testify about this. And you know what? And then we, he starts telling them, you will do these things. So, Jesus tells them in John chapter 14, verse 12, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. But you're not going to be here. But you will. You will do the works that I do. And guess what? Greater works... Then this will he do. Because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name. This I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. And then he emphasizes again. If you ask me anything in my name. I will do it. So who is going to continue this work that Jesus started? Not only the disciples. Not only the apostles. Not only... Elders or leaders or whatever. No. Whoever believes. Means every Christian. So what Jesus is doing here. Is just inviting his disciples. He's inviting everyone who believes. To be participating in what he's doing. It is scary indeed. Nonetheless. Jesus knows that. The disciples know him for sure. And then that's a recurring question in their heads. How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? And we're going to explore these verses to see how is this going to happen. Because when Jesus is not around, when he's not around doing this thing, the disciples and the believers are the ones who are going to be carrying this out. And it's a totally different story when we don't have our parents, you know, looking over our shoulder when we're driving. Or when we don't have Jesus, you know, being able to take over whenever we're messing up. So let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you because you are with us. Because you are God with us. And you have promised that you will be with us. You have given us this responsibility. And this great promise. That if we, if we believe in you. We will do the works that you are doing. We will do the works that will extend the kingdom. Help us. Rely on you, and not in ourselves, in order how to do this. So as we begin our study, and we go into these passages, give us that clarity, and humility, and understanding. What does it mean to believe in you, and carry this forward? In your name, we pray. So, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. It is a wonderful promise. You know, we will be doing His works. The ones that Jesus did. So let's start with believe. Anyone, anyone who believes, every Christian, 
will do these works. So, first start with the word, the, what I said before, believe. So, does this mean, like, believe as in, like, supposition? Like, I believe the gas prices will come down. <laughs> we hope, right? Um, or does it mean, like, regarding our truth? Like, I believe in justice. We've, and this is what it helps, you know, we, we've gone, we've been in this, in the gospel uh, for long time now, right? I don't know how long, but long time. And we have seen this phrase before. And uh, whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Whoever believes in me, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Whoever believes in me will not remain in darkness. And there are more. We're just going to focus. We're going to just. You get the point that this. We have heard this before in John, that whoever believes in Jesus will never thirst. Uh, rivers of flow, uh, flowing rivers, flow rivers of, of living water. Though he die, yet shall he shall he live, and not remain in darkness. So what Jesus is implying over here is that if we wholly, fully know that Jesus will be true to his promises, then we will be able to do these works. If we believe that, if we are sure and we know for certain that Jesus is fulfilling his promises, all this himself is fulfilling everything that has been told already in the Old Testament. And he's asking us, just believe, trust, know that I will be true to my promises. And we struggle with that, don't we? We struggle with with the believing because we don't see things going our way. Nonetheless, it's when we call back to just go and trust in him. And look back and remembering what he has done. So whoever believes knows fully that Jesus will be true to his promises, then not only his immediate audience will be able to take uh, or be able to do these works, but the people that come after this immediate audience. This includes us. Every Christian throughout history is included in this. Whoever believes, whoever trusts that that he will be faithful to his promises, and isn't he faithful Haven't we all experienced that? We are asked to keep trusting, keep believing in that. So if we believe, means, whoever believes means that any believer, any Christian will will do this, the works that he has done. Now in here, with the works that Jesus did, we, we have to be a little careful. Because we immediately think of, you know, his most amazing miracles. At this point in the gospel, Jesus has turned water into wine, healed several people, the official son and, and the man born blind, and the crippled guy for thir- that was crippled for 38 years, fed 5,000 with a few fishes and loaves of bread. Uh, he walked on water, you know, he raised Lazarus from the dead. So, so he's, he's doing these things, but... This doesn't mean what we're reading in our passage that whoever believes will um, do his works. That doesn't mean that we all will be doing this kind of works. Not that the Spirit cannot do it. Of course He can. But the thing is that the New Testament is clear. 
when he says that some will have gifts of healing, others will be working in miracles, the others will have other gifts. So not all, not every believer receives the gift of doing this kind of works. So then, what is it referring to? And again, this is where we have to tread slowly and carefully because we don't have to miss the forest for the trees. The works that Jesus have been doing, they are important. They are relevant. But, but what is even more important is the purpose of these works. Because the purpose are pointers to a newer reality, to the fact that God is re being revealed through them. What does that remind us of? That God is in our midst. He was with them as He is with us. He is putting the world to rights. He, you know, he is making the world new. All these works, all these amazing things that the, that the Lord was doing. And again, we tend to think about these miracles. But what about all the forgiveness He gave? Forgiveness of sin. And how we find the lost and brought Him to Him. All these people that were following Him. So, the works themselves, which they are a blessing for the ones who receive them. We're not denying that they are great. But they point to a greater, larger reality. That is that the Father is in Jesus. And we are called to be in Him. We're called to be one. So, if that's not the kind of works, then what are these works? So these works, they have to do with being Actively participating in what Jesus is doing, extending the kingdoms. So we we'll get our first like hint of what these works are. Jesus is telling them that once he has inaugurated a kingdom, he's has started making uh, going in that direction, in his direction, and then we are called to continue pushing that forward. So these works have to do in bringing, extending that kingdom. To different places. And that's where we... It is easier for us to go to this second, the second part of this verse. And greater works than this will he do. Or will they do. Because I am going to the Father. Again, these greater works have to do more with the uh, works that it will extend the kingdom. Rather than miraculous works. And even if that was the case... How can we do greater works than Jesus did? Greater miraculous deeds than he did. Can we cure a blind man? Maybe some people can. Can we multiply a few loaves of bread and fishes and feed 5,000 people at least? It's a little hard to do. Can we come back from being, can we come back to life? No believer is able to do bigger works than this. These greater works are works that have to do with extending the kingdom. And we'll see some examples of that. Again, and it's a reminder, this is not only for a few these doing the works. It's not only for those who have these specific gifts. It is for everyone who believes, every Christian. 
Not only apostles or elders that we mentioned, or deacons or evangelists, everyone who believes. So, again, greater works has to do with extent. And I know we have some stories in Acts, you know, where Peter's shadow would heal someone, and, and or handkerchiefs and 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 um, that that Paul touched will heal some other people and, and drive spirits out. We we do have some of those things. Then again, it's again whoever believes we all we all we are not all we don't all of us don't receive the same gifts. We have different things. However, the task of extending the kingdom is for everyone who believes. Greater works are not greater in kind, but greater in extent. And uh, the um, if we look through 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 the Bible itself, we got the gospel started in in Jerusalem. That's where it began in Israel. Nevertheless, who were the ones who took it to every corner of the Roman Empire? It was his disciples. They were extending the kingdom. They were taking that message forward. Throughout history, it has been Christians that have built hospitals, that have built education centers, that have cared for vulnerable. They have gone into missions to places where the gospel has never even heard before. They have gone to, hopefully at some point, but we have gone to mostly every part of the world, Extending the kingdom. Doing the works that reveal who God is. Abolition of slavery. William Wilberforce. This was a Christian. Civil rights movements. And, and there are more things that we could mention. That these people have understood that the gospel. When it goes forward. It heals people. Spiritually. And in the place where they are at. Those are the greater works that we that Jesus is talking about. They're going to be greater because there's still much work to be done, doesn't it? Our world is in a place where we need more extension of the kingdom, both in us and in our communities. The Bible has been translated into almost 3,500 languages. Not all the Bible, portions, you know. There's, there's the stats from Wycliffe. 717 languages have a complete Bible. 1582, a New Testament. In portions, 1196. No other book as close as this. Greater works. Greater works. If we believe... If we believe Jesus is calling us, giving us the task and the privilege of taking his kingdom forward. And this has all happened because people, you know, they believe in Jesus. They are so convinced. They know for sure. They are so, it's such a conviction, so important that Jesus will be true to his promises that these things can be done. And again, it's not only us. Later on, we get uh, Jesus telling us He will leave, but He will send the Holy Spirit. We'll touch that in a, in a bit. Actually, right now, all these greater works are possible because Jesus is going to the Father. That's, that's, that's the second or the last part of, the, of verse 12. 
Because being with the Father, the fact that He is leaving, allows Him to be in a place where He can send the Spirit. And it is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that energizes us, that animates us, that shows us the direction where we should go. We would never be able to do this without the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is well aware of that. He goes to the Father. He sends the Spirit. So instead, and this is, and this is why it's so important that He leaves. Because, uh, uh, you know, it seems like a little of a downer. You, you're just leaving us here. But I leave because I am not going to be working with you. But I will be working within you. You will be my vessels. You, uh, you will be my temple from which I will have, I will carry this forward. You, but you have to believe in me. And then we get, uh, we go to verse 13. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. Now, this is in the context of what we're talking about, work. So, does whatever mean just ending our prayers in his name? Asking with his name at the end? Does it mean that in order to get what we want, we must say, in Jesus' name? Otherwise, it won't happen. He's asking things in his name. It's like waving a magic wand. So things, so we get what we want. I think we're clear that it's not it. And I'm not saying we shouldn't pray in Jesus' name. I'm not saying that. But it is far deeper what Jesus is implying here when we are asking things in his name. So, whenever people mention or heard the phrase, the name, their memory will be jogged. They will be immediately thinking about something. In the same way, for example, if I say, let it go, what do you guys think about? There you go. Some of you, mainly most of you, I, that's it. It's just a phrase. And you guys think about that. And there's a second one as well. I don't know the song for the second one. But um, you think about that immediately. What if I say like, my precious. <laughs> there we go. Nothing else needs to be said. You immediately know. Because we have grown. We, we've seen. We've watched these movies. Whether we like them or not. We, we've We've seen, we've seen them, we've watched them, we know what they are. We just need a little phrase, and we, and we get it. We understand. We know the story. We know how many movies are they, and all the things that they did and didn't do. So, coming back, and when people will hear the name, my name, it will be like that. Like, hearing my pressures or let it go, their mind will go immediately think about something. What would that be? So... The name was given to the Israelites when they came out, of ex- um, came out of Egypt through the Exodus. God tells Moses, I am, which is where we understand from Yahweh. But the name is I am. And immediately, people, when they heard this, they would not just think etymologically, you know, what the name means. But they would think, oh, I am, Yahweh is the one who got us out of Egypt. It is the one who gave us the manna. It is the one who was, you know, lit our way through the darkness in the desert. It was the one who shepherded us through the wilderness. It is the one who brought us from death in Egypt to life in, uh, in the promised land. 
And in the Gospel of John, again, we have heard Jesus said, use this, this name before. He has said, I am the bread of life. And he's playing on that. I am the light of the world. I am the door, the good shepherd, the resurrection and the life, the truth, the way and the life, the true vine. So when people will hear, whatever you ask in my name, that will jog their memory and think about all these things. So it does not only mean ending or prayers, what we're asking in my name, but what it means is that we are in line with his character. We are in the same page as who Jesus, therefore God, is. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, is a very Jewish way, because that's, that's like their pop culture, right? Of saying, if what you are asking is consistent with who I am, I will make it happen. And this gives us enough to reevaluate how we pray. To think if we are asking with imposing our expectations, our wills, what we think we need, and this many other things and, and daily things that shape the way we pray. The disciples had the same question. They like so. Then we, you say that the rabbis play, pray this way, and they have long words and so on. So then, how should we pray? You know, when the, what's that prayer? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, not mine. Your will be done. Again, it is not mine, and it should be done on earth. As it is on heaven. So what Jesus is saying is. Okay guys I'm leaving. You will be the ones carrying the kingdom forward. You, If you believe in that. If you believe that I will be true to my promises. Then you will do the works that I did. Even greater ones you will do. Whatever you're asking my name, whatever is in line with my character, whatever is in line with my will, with growing his kingdom and not mine, then I will do it. I will give it to you. I will grant that. If we're asking according to his will, Jesus will be true to his promises and he will give us the opportunity to do his works. This is again for all those who believe, for all those who have come to know Jesus. And if you are experiencing this, if you are do not know Jesus yet, if you want to believe in Him, I invite you to come and look and talk to one of the leaders, to, to the person who invited you, to the person who, who is someone you feel comfortable talking to. It could be one of the pastors. But Jesus is calling you to believe in his promises. And we will work together. He will work within us for to do greater things to extend his kingdom. It, it might be scary for many of us. It was for the disciples. 
Um, but it's a responsibility that we have. And more than that, it's a privilege that we are working with Him. That's, and that has always been the plan. The Lord, God, the Creator, has always wanted to work through human beings to carry out His purposes. That has always been the plan. And Jesus makes it clear, you will continue this. And I won't leave you alone. Later next week, there will be the unpacking of the next verses of the helper coming and and giving us that push that we need because we kind of resisted many times. And he will carry us forward. He will energize us to do this. So Jesus inaugurated the kingdom. His disciples and us are the ones doing the works for the kingdom, of the kingdom, of Jesus. And the point is that these works, as we do them, again, not the works themselves, but the purpose of them, they reveal who Jesus is. Because if we are living according to His name, then when people see me living like Jesus, they are seeing essentially Jesus. Because we're becoming one with Him, as He and the Father is one. That unity is so fundamental in John. And that's what Jesus repeated. He says, like, guys, I and the Father are one, and you will be one with me. Later on, we have the parable of the, the true vine. It's all connected. When you see the, the, the fruit, the grapes, whatever, you don't think it grew by itself. It's attached you know, to a stem, to a trunk, yes, and it has roots and so on. And so it's it's all connected. So we don't only see one piece, we see the whole picture. And that's the point of the works of extending the kingdom if to let people to to reveal Jesus so they can see the Father. That's what the task we've been given. This is how the Father will be glorified. Because as they see us, they will see the Father, who is the one who's doing all things. Verse 14. And Jesus, again, He comes back and gives us that reassurance. And He says, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. He's just emphasizing again, just repeating what He just said. Because it will happen. It's promise on a promise. If you ask me anything in my name, if you ask according to my character to do the works that will be in line with my kingdom, to extend the kingdom, I will do it. Brothers and sisters, we have this privilege to continue the work Jesus started. And 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 we we and, and just it's not we've we have been doing it. And at the same time we haven't been doing it. It's it's a you fail sometimes yes but we do succeed sometimes and this only this also implies not only individually but also collectively it is yes to bring God's kingdom God's will in our hearts in our lives in our families with our children in our relationships we have to do that but as a body collectively as as Grace Church. We are doing that. We should be doing that. And just think of how many missionaries have gone to, I don't know how many places. It is encouraging. 
And we should continue. Let's not lose momentum. If we haven't started, let's begin. Let's find concrete, small little things that we can start doing so that kingdom becomes real, becomes tangible. Like our kids should say like, oh, is Jesus like you, daddy? You know, hopefully. Um, But that we are revealing that. We are showing that. If we do it there, it will grow grow into the community. Because that's what we call for. And, and we are different places. We're in different jobs and, and different circumstances and situations. There will always be an opportunity to ask to do His works. And if they're according to His name, it will happen. It may stretch us and it may make us uncomfortable. I don't think Jesus died comfortable on the cross either. So um, it takes that. It takes that. It's little steps. Finding what we can do to bring that kingdom in our hearts, in our lives, and in our communities. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you because you are with us. Because you... Leaving does not mean abandonment, but means fulfilling. It means that you will be in us, doing the work through us to extend your kingdom. You have called us to be, to stop being spectators and to become active participants in your work. Father, we we don't deserve it. We are broken and and we are we're missing so much, but but you you are promising us that if we believe that you can do these things through us, we will be granted the privilege and the opportunity to work, to extend your kingdom, to take it to places that it haven't been. Not only around the globe, Father, but in our communities, in our hearts. Those things that we still don't want to give up. May you, Father, we pray that you bring your kingdom to us. That we may do your works that reveal who you are. We pray according to your name. Amen.